So actually the last two months, I've been working actually double of what I'm doing right now because people are now open to listen to our messaging. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. All right, let's get started, Luke. How are we doing this morning? Man, we are doing an early podcast today. This yeah, is kind of cool. It's 8 a.m. Although, you know, it's interesting in COVID, like I was re- waking up before <laughs> COVID at 4.30. Now my first alarm goes off at 5.30. I don't know why I've stopped. Maybe that's a bad Slacker. thing. It's like stopping your routine. I'm like waking up at 5.30. It's amazing the difference, like when you're coming into work and there's no one here. I mean, I guess you're here, but there's no, <laughs> there's no one else here. Um, and it's just like, well, I, I don't really have a reason to, to get in there. Although I was here at seven today, but to get in there at seven, I can get in there at eight now. So I've kind of gained a, an hour, but uh, it's 8 a.m. Yeah, it's like you have to get in and mentally prepare yourself before everyone else gets in, but there's yep. no one else I got coming my in to prepare here, yourself so. for. I know. I've got tea and coffee just to kind of clear up the throat because this is cool. We are, it's eight o'clock in the morning here when we're recording this, but the person, the guest that we're interviewing, it's 8 p.m. where he is. So it is 12 hour difference. We This is a return guest. Today we have back on the podcast, Eric Feng. The last time Eric was on in September of 2018, he quickly became one of our most popular interviews. On that episode, he talked about how to become highly sought after in your market. But a little bit of background on Eric, if you didn't listen to that first episode, Eric travels the world. His record was 35 countries in one year to teach salespeople and entrepreneurs how to use social media to build a loyal following that will only buy from them and nobody else. He's been featured on Medium, London Daily, Yahoo Finance on this topic of social media branding. Last May, Eric became one of the youngest Singaporeans to receive the CSP award, an award given to only the top 12% of speakers worldwide. Eric Fang, welcome back to the podcast. Well, I think oh, you're we muted. Lost, yeah, I think we <laughs> lost his audio. Hey, guys, sorry, sound hey. travel a bit slower from Asia to US. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's a great, that's a great recovery, man. I love that. <laughs> Eric, man, it's awesome to have you back, man. Like Josh said, man, you're extremely good at social. You're extremely good at content and just you're inspirational when you speak. I remember hearing the first time you spoke at the Disruptor years ago. And then since then following you around, you're incredibly good at communication. And so I want to dive right in with this podcast. We're all experiencing COVID-19, right? And you're in Singapore. We were just talking to you. You're what, 40 something days quarantined. We're two months quarantined. So it's affecting the world. And I want to kind of talk about what you're coaching entrepreneurs, salespeople, business owners to do to really, you know, I guess, COVID proof their business and how should they be adjusting right now? And what are you teaching right now, especially when it comes to like digital marketing and social? Because I know that's where you tend to go. Got it. So first of all, a little bit of context, right? So we all know that this COVID-19 happened in the Wuhan city. So they were the first big city to be on quarantine for about more than two months through Chinese New Year. And there are a lot of entrepreneurs, I guess, in US, in, in Singapore, we're all wishing that, you know, life will go back to normal after quarantine. And we actually get a very good preview of our future just by watching China. 
Because if you look at Wuhan city right now, one of the latest news by Bloomberg says that people are still refusing to go to restaurants. People are still not going out to shopping, even mm. though the lockdown has been lifted. Wow. Right? That was, that was a month ago, that news. So I, I think the most important thing for, for people to know is this is the new normal. It's not going to change anytime soon. COVID-19 is not going to go away that soon. It's going to come back. You look at the science reports, you know, it will come back again in September to December when the weather is colder uh, and people have formed new habits. A habit takes 21 days to form. So imagine for if we have been quarantined for two months, we're so used to working from home, eating from home, shopping from home. We're very used to living at home, which means that many of the traditional prospecting methods of entrepreneurs, whether you're in an F&B, uh, financial service, real estate, most of our prospecting methods are based offline, which mm. means if we don't change that, we are literally gone in this business. Mm -hmm. So I think the most important thing for all of us to get is to first acknowledge that this is the new normal. Stop thinking about waiting it out. It's not going to come. That's no, I think, you're, I think you're correct in the sense of I think what this has done is it's our, everybody saw the trend of where things were headed from shopping, like retail was slowly dying, that type of idea, and people wanting to now order online. But I think what this has done is it, it's just sped up. It's compressed the time because now everybody had to learn how to adapt. You've literally had you know two months in the United States now of training for every single person on what? Zoom? Everybody now knows how to connect over like a Zoom or a go-to meeting for the most part. Everybody knows how to order from Amazon, all those good things. Like for us, even in our own business, just to give you guys a little flavor, like we have, you know, over 60 reps all over the nation that go into offices and they go in and they present. Well, they can't present anymore. And, and so we've switched and now we used to, we still booked webinars, but it was a smaller part of our business versus our in-house presentations. It was like a and, second option. Yeah, it was a right. second option because the managers, it wasn't because we didn't want it to be, it was more effective yeah. for us to do webinars, but the managers at the real estate offices and stuff hadn't adapted. Now, man, we're calling every manager. They know what Zoom is. They know, they how, know to exactly yeah. how to use it, right? They do, man. It's awesome. There was this meme that you, you probably see on Instagram that says, who's the best change agent? Is it your CEO, your CTO, or COVID-19, right? And obviously, <laughs> it's COVID-19. I mean, and, and the thing is this. I mean, come on, Luke. You've been talking about this in Disrupt Tour as well. You, you said that, you know, we need to build our presence online. I've said it. Josh said it. So, I have to say that it's not COVID-19 that's killing the business. It's complacency that's killing the business. Because mm. two years ago, when the message goes out that you need to be online, people, offline businesses are still doing well. They're still getting referrals. They're still getting sales. So there's no need to change, no need to innovate. But all of a sudden, people realize that, oh my God, you know, it, with a snap of a finger, the future is here. Yeah. And so I, I feel there's one thing that we can learn from this crisis is that it's no longer the big fish that eats the small fish. It's the fast fish that eats the slow fish. Whoever uh, is the nugget. fastest to adapt, they have a chance to win. So even if you're a new financial advisor, even if you're a new real estate agent, you might actually beat all the veterans in your industry simply because you're faster to adapt. Case mm. in point, in Hong Kong, I've, um, there is this lady I will mention who every single year, she wins the top of the table. She's like number one agent of Hong Kong, I believe. Right? But this year, She's no longer number one. Instead, was well, someone really young. I'm proud to say that he's my mentee. Very, very <laughs> young. He's only in his 20s. And he went all the way up to the top. 
Right? Well, how did and he do that? Because he's brilliant. He's not brilliant. It's just because he started his social media journey much earlier than everybody else. And was the other lady not doing social no, at all? No, she's never an online person. I hang out with her. We're friends. I keep telling her, you need to go online. She said, oh, no, no, not, you know, that's not my generation. Mm. Right? And, and that's happening to a lot of people right now. Mm. So how does somebody do it? <clears throat> how, do, how does someone start? It's adaptability. We, we have to mm. change our mindset and accept the fact that this is the new normal. Number two, we need to adapt fast. So speed is extremely important. Then it's all about strategy and tactics. So walk us through a little bit of the strategy and techniques that you're seeing, especially during this time, right? So like, what are the strat? Because, you know, you want to be careful also during this time because everybody is fearful. Everybody, you know, you don't want to come across necessarily too salesy, but I'm curious, like, what are the strategies and techniques you're teaching on social So I want to share with your audience how to build an attraction-based business using social media. Okay. And, and I pay very special attention to the word attraction because exactly, Luke, you, you said it right. You know, you don't want to be seen as salesy. Last thing you want to do is to bring your, your sales strategies offline to online. You know, then there's no difference, right? Except that you know, you, people will react a lot more negatively towards you because in person, you know, I might be nice to you. I won't, I won't say no immediately. But when I'm online, I could just ban you and block you. And, and you know, <laughs> so I could do all that and I could just ignore you. So it's a lot easier for customers to ignore you right now because we're all on social media. So step number one, in order to build an attraction-based business where your quality customers come looking for you, is number one, to be very clear about who is your dream customer. Because the, the beauty, social media is a double-edged sword, right? You have access to billions of people. But as a result of you having access to billions of people, you might be overwhelmed because you have no idea who you want. And if you try to go after everyone, you end up appealing to no one. Mm. So step number one is be extremely clear about who you're trying to attract. And if you have been in the business for at least six to one year, your dream customers are actually your best customers. So take a look at your existing customers, go review them and identify those customers that are best to you. I define best in three conditions. Number one, high disposable income. Number two, you have extreme, a lot of chemistry with them. You can connect with them. Like even if one day you're not going to be in this business, you would still want to go out and have a coffee with them. That's real mm. chemistry. Most of us, we might not have real chemistry. We just want that customer because that customer has money, but we don't really <laughs> have the real friendship. So That's the correct. true asset yeah. test is if you do not need a person's money, would you see drink coffee with that person? If the answer is yes, that's real friendship. Number three, the person has to have a social network. So if he's, if, if he's very active on social media, that's great. If he's a social butterfly, that's great. If he's influential at work, that's great. So using this three criteria, identify groups of your customers that belongs to that because that's your best customers. Mm. Now study them, not just their age group, but also their social behaviors. So for example, what are their interests? What are their aspirations? What are their values? Who do they follow? And what social media platform are they on? Interview them, ask them those questions because you have just gotten the entire strategy map. Why? Number one, if let's say Luke is my best customer. I'll ask Luke, Luke, which social media platform do you spend the most time? Instagram. I'll be on Instagram. So stop thinking, oh, TikTok is the latest thing. I need to be on TikTok. No, it's never about you. It's about where your dream customers are. If they're on Facebook, you jolly well be on Facebook and learn. That's great. Use it, right? So step number one, uh, understand your dream customers. Ask them those questions that I just shared with you. Uh, so for example, which social media platform are you on? Second question, Luke, what time do you usually go online? 
usually go online in the morning, probably around, I don't know, 7.30, a.m. And then at night, usually, probably around 10, 9, 10. That's the time I'll be posting. Mm. Now, can you see that? And now, I mean, and Instagram gives you an idea of the people from the analytics of when they're online. Is that what you're coaching people to do is use the analytics or no? Okay. Not yet. You know why? Because most of us, we, we have not really properly curate our Instagram followers, our Facebook followers. So okay. we're just getting, giving a median of the entire traffic. But what I want is to be laser focused at the beginning, to go slow in order to go fast, which is I'm extremely clear. I want prospects like Luke mm. because Luke's my best customer. So if I find out everything about Luke, I guarantee you I can find more of Luke's on social media. Yeah, so you're asking Luke directly. Exactly. And he's my best yeah. customer. So if, he not, if he's not even willing to be on a phone call with you, he's not your best customer. He's not your dream <laughs> customer anymore. That's a great anymore. point. <laughs> yeah. So you see, so I've asked three questions already. I asked Luke uh, what social media platform he's on, what time he's on. I'll ask him who he follows. That's critical. You know why? Because chances are my best customers are also following the other person. Mm, that Luke, is who do you great, follow? man. Who do you um, follow? I follow a bunch of people. Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Eric. Thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? <laughs> I will follow those people for two reasons. Number one, because their followers, chances are, will be great customers to me. Number two, if I now know what kind of content resonates with Luke, I know what kind of content to create. Mm. Now I solve all problems. I got access to followers. I know which platform to be on. I know what time to be on. I know what content to create. Don't you think the chances of me winning will be very high? Man, that's awesome. It's interesting, man. This principle... Uh, not even from a marketing standpoint, but from an understanding of what makes someone tick. That's one of my interview questions. One of my interview questions that I ask all employees is, who do you follow? Who do you look up to? What books are you reading? Because I want to find out whoever they follow tends to be what they believe. And I can, I can understand their belief system based upon who they follow. So that's really cool to see it you know, in marketing as well. At the core is empathy. It's about knowing so much about that perfect customer that you can find it. I mean, just think about it. One billion people, right? Even if it's just 0.001% of one billion, it's still all our customers. So number one is uh, being clear about your dream customer, man. That's a great system to walk and, through. Yeah, and ask them all those questions. Number two, then yep. go on that social media platform and start building that following. So for example, if it's Facebook, then the best way to build your following is through Facebook groups. So for example, mm. if I know that Luke follows Grant Cardin, I'll go find whether there's Grant Cardin interest groups. Uh, and the key is not pages, but groups. Why? Because the minute I get access to a group, I have access to all your members. And not only that, Facebook actually tells me out of the thousand members in that group, who are the people that have the most common interest with me? So if I ask wow. for friendship with them, the chances of them responding will be a lot higher. Hmm. That's just one. Huh? Number two, when I add them as my friend, I have an option of putting them into a friend list. So we can actually put out some videos or screenshots later for your viewers. But there is a way to save that person. So save Luke into a friend list that says, let's say, raving fan base. Then every day, all I need to do is just go to my friend list. And every time Luke updates, I will get notified on that single page. So on that That's page, awesome. I will have... I, let's say I add 100 of my dream customers in there. Every time the 100 of them share, uh, post something on Facebook, I will be notified and I can see it. And not only do I see their content, now I get to stay in touch with them by commenting on their content and therefore mm. creating 
The part three, which is trust. We can talk about that later. But part two, it's all about following, building your following. That is awesome. That is such a great hack right there, especially if you have, you're somebody who has 1,000, 1,200 friends, you know, 1,500 friends who are the core 200 that are your raving fans, that are people that you, that's awesome, man. I love and that. These, these are your followers. I call them curious followers. <laughs> so in the old world, these are basically your warm leads. So your followers are your warm leads, but you can't sell to them that. There is one more step you need to take. So with the with the groups, just to come back to that, what are you doing in the groups tactically? Are you, this these are groups that someone else created or these are groups that you're creating and then if it's... People create. People create. So then are you getting in there engaged and posting? Or are you just getting in there liking and commenting or all because, of the above? <laughs> for example, if I notice that my best customers are like Luke, right? Wakes up early, highly motivated, exercise a lot, you know, and I have the same interests as well. You see, the key is this, never... A lot of us make the mistake of trying to find customers based on you know, their demographics. Like, oh, I'm looking for customers who have money. I'm looking for customers uh, who are of a certain age group, right? But there's a reason why social media is called social media, not business media, which means that you need to first get a person to like you as a person before they can respect you as a professional. Mm. We're going all wrong. We're trying to go in to get you to respect me as a professional. Therefore, we put out real estate content. We put out insurance content. They are not ready to listen to you. So the key is to go for groups that have similar interests and values with you. So if you like working out, go into those groups. Now, not everyone in the workout groups will buy from you, but that's the entry point because a percentage of them who follow you and engage your content will naturally be drawn to you anyway. Mm. Mm. It's so true, man. It's the, principle, it's the principle of sales. You, you got to get people to feel some type of likability to you, some type of where you have similar values, similar beliefs, because people want to do business with people they like. The people and, they, and similar life stage. Yep, correct. Yep, 100%. So let's say you are, you are about to be a dad. Well, that's a lot of equity for you because now you can go to all the first-time debts. So all you need to do is just put, just put in keywords like first-time debt, Los Angeles, or first-time debt, you know, California, let's say. Right in Singapore, our groups can be even that specific. We can put the year. We can put two zero two zero mom Singapore, which means anyone who is going to have a baby this year will be in that group. Oh wow! <laughs> so imagine in real estate, this is brilliant. You know why? Because we all know that the in Singapore at least, the person starts upgrading their house when the kids turn twelve. Because in twelve, that's when they go to middle school, and that's when they think about upgrading. Right. So if you calculate for a kid to be twelve years old this year. The mom needs to be in a group that says 201, 200, I think 201, 206, right? My math is horrible. Right, just minus 2020 minus 12. What's that? I'm just, I'm just letting you go for it because I can't figure it out either. You can't you can figure it out. Me too. Well, I'm a marketer, not a mathematician. So, so what, what we'll do is we'll go in and then we'll go find a group. And then the moms are there. But you have to be a mom too. So you have to, your initial contact point has to be a lot of similarity. Yeah, you can't do. You can't go in there as as a non mom wanting to connect with moms or relate to them because then you lose the trust. You exactly, lose the it'd be weird for a guy to go in and like, why, why well, are you doing moms? For a guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. the opposite of what you want to do. Exactly, yeah. Leo. <laughs> so that's step two. Now, of course, if you're on Instagram, then play play the hashtag game well. Hashtag is amazing. Um, there is a there's an app that you guys can consider using. It's called Flick. F-L-I-C-K, amazing mm -hmm. analytics. So what happened is that you go use that tool and you can do a lot of hashtag research and they will even report back the results of the hashtags. Are these hashtags, the 30 hashtags working out for you? 
mm. you can change those hashtags. So uh, Flick would be great. Uh, learning how to use Joe tags and learning how to follow the right influencers so that you can the followers will be your followers. If you guys follow Gary V, then it's basically the $1.80 rule, right? That he teach mm. a lot about. Uh, so that's Instagram. Uh, talk talk about that though, Eric, for, okay, for people that don't know the $1.80 rule. Oh, okay, cool. So what do you do is, first of all, think of a hashtag. So so let's try Josh, okay? So Josh, tell me a little bit about the customers you're trying to attract. So I'm trying to track service-based sales professionals that um, are looking for marketing that will Excellent. produce more referrals. So let's say, okay, in the insurance world, one of the most powerful hashtag is hashtag MDRT. And it's a great hashtag. Why? For two reasons. Number one, MDRT means million dollar round table. And it is uh, basically the top 6% of the financial service industry. Mm. For people who uses the hashtag, they aspire to be MDRT, which means they are learning focus and they are ambitious. So it's a great mm. hashtag, right? So now let's yeah. say I use the hashtag MDRT or MDRT2020. Now I'm going to look at all the posts, right? I would go in. And, and so essentially what Gary talks about is look for 10 hashtags that allow you to reach out to your dream customers. So when you try one MDRT hashtag, there will be a lot of suggested hashtags. So you just look for 10. Now mm-hmm. for every hashtag, go like nine posts. So go in there, look for the top nine polls or look for the top nine recent polls. And then for every post, leave a two cents worth of your comment. Yeah. So 10 hashtags, nine polls, time two cents, $1.80. I love that. Dude, dude, we were good at math on that one. Uh, yeah, that one I know. <laughs> simple. <laughs> the other one was tough. <laughs> I love that. No, I think that's so good. It's the engagement. The hardest part about that is um, people just, it takes consistency. It's like you're not going to make a million dollars overnight investing a dollar eighty. You, you, but you got to do it consistently. To make it consistent, we need to love those people that we're following. Mm. That's why you cannot see them as a dollar sign first. You got to see them as a potential friend. Well, so if you like something, then it's very easy for you to talk about it and to be able to talk to people who have a similar interest. Because think about it: if you're in an insurance business, it's so amazing. Everybody needs insurance, especially right now with this crisis. People realize that they don't have a lot of emergency funds. They start to become a lot more risk conscious. I think anybody in the insurance world is the best time, best time, you know, to, to introduce insurance. If you're in real estate, you're very attractive. Everybody always wants to know what are the property updates. Everybody needs a home. So you're not worried about insurance and real estate. You will have every 100% opportunity to talk about it. But if the person doesn't like you, there is no chance for you to even be able to address those things. So stop thinking about yourself as an insurance agent or real estate agent, going as Luke Acri, going as Josh, and ask yourself, who do I want to make friends with? Isn't mm. it great if my, those friends can become your customers too? Yeah, man, no, that's, that's awesome. so good. All right, so that so we was got, step two. Yeah, what's oh, step sorry, three? Luke, go ahead. Step three is all about trust building. Why? Because trust, we all know this timeless principle, right? If I like you, you know, I will be your friend. But if I trust you, I'll do business with you. So we need to create trust. Now, but how do you create trust? We, we, we can remember this guy. Uh, his name is Zagon. He's a social psychologist. He did a research uh, called familiarity effect or mere exposure effect. That the more interaction I have with you, the higher the chance I'll like you and trust you. Mm. So once you follow me, let's say the Luke plus plus follow me or Josh plus plus follow me. In my mind, all I need is to make sure I have four to six interactions with that person. Why? Because the chances of closing a sale goes up to 80% at the fourth to the sixth meeting. Now, how do I create an interaction? Simple. Content, conversations. 
So if you put out consistent content, you're already creating passive interaction with them. If you're actively, you know, putting them in a friend list and you're actively interacting with their content and you're having conversations with them, I mean, within a week, you already have hit four to six interactions with them. Mm. That's that yeah, three. I love that content to conversation. Content to conversation. Con- yeah. So there are actually two skills that we need right now, uh, which is number one, we need content creation skills, right? Video making, writing skills. But actually, another skill that we all need, right, is chit-chatting skills. What do you mean by chit? Is that like the commenting skills or literally like... No, not commenting. It's like Tinder skills. Basically, (laughs) Tinder skills. Like, you know how you... I mean, Luke wouldn't understand this. It's happening. But, you know, people like us, right, we need to learn how to play the game, right? So you you go into the chat, you know, if you say, how's your day? No one's going to reply you. It's boring. (laughs) <laughs> right, so you need to be able to hook the person with the right statement to make the person want to respond to you. I, I already got the title of this uh, podcast: How Tinder Can Change Your Business. <laughs> oh my god, Tinder, <laughs> how Tinder skills can change your business. Chit <laughs> right. chatting. Yeah. So, so it's like picking up a person, but that, that those pick up skills in a good way, but through private messaging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, doing things that intrigue curiosity power statements, those type of things that in the sales process. To be able to to have a lot of excuses to keep coming back to Luke and to have conversations with him. I love that, man. Content, the conversations. So it's building trust. And so you build trust through familiarity is what you're saying. Four to six, four to six seems low to me. Like four to six contacts, it seems low. Is that like in that research and what you've seen, is that like face-to-face conversations or, because I've heard as high as like, 30 plus. Okay. However, if you think about it, right, there is a condition, of course. Because if I four to six interactions with you, but they're all negative interactions, then it's counterintuitive. So I would say that um, instead of trying to go after just the quantity, aim for quality, which means every interaction I have with Luke and Josh, I want to make sure it's high value. Now, Mm. that opens another can of worms. What is high value in a social media world? There are three. Number one, social is being high value. So if I can talk to you about things that you relate to, that you enjoy, or I allow you to share about things that interest you, that's social, right? That's chatting. That's already one form of value. The second form of value is fun. So if let's say I'm able to make you laugh or I'm able to share with you entertaining content, you know, to relieve your stress, that's value. The last one is education, teaching. So if I'm able to, you know, pass you information that is useful, I'm also creating value. I love that, man. In a, in a social media world, there's so many ways. So chit-chatting and creating lots of common ground, that's value. Every time you see something interesting and funny, share that with that person. Hopefully that person enjoys it, right? That's value. Every time you, 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 know, you create something meaningful, practical, useful, share it with that person. Mm. And you know, you know what is valuable to the person because remember, we, we said that we're going to follow that person. So whatever that a person posts or whatever the person engages, isn't that value? That, that's valuable to that person. No, I love that, man. It's funny. It's like the more and more I do business and the more and more I interview really successful people like yourself, you realize the principles don't change. The tactics change. So if you think like, what's the, it's, it's building relationships. Like what you're ultimately doing is building relationships. It's the Zig Ziglar, getting people to know, like, and trust you, but doing it in a strategic way. And I think the world has to adjust that, hey, look, relationships are being built on social. And pretty soon, and I was playing a VR game the other night uh, with some friends. And, and this is like the second time I've been in one. Have you ever done these virtual reality games? Yes. Like with the headset and they have the cameras to mark the play. Dude, 
I mean, not now because it's not quite there yet, but it is obvious when you get in one of those games, that's where it's headed, man. We're going to be doing interviews where we are literally next to each other on seats, but it's not, we're not next to each oh other. My it's God, virtual reality. But the point being is like, guess what won't change? The principles of its relationship building, it's getting people to like you, it's getting people to trust you. That's not going to change. The tactic of how you do it is going to change. It's just, that's what people need to evolve. It's like they get so consumed, like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you know what to do. Success leaves clues. Get out there and build relationships. Give value to people. Solve their pain or give them some form of their desire, right? But what's going to change is just the medium. The medium of how you do it, where people are engaging, all that good stuff. So I love it. I love when I'm interviewing people. It's like, wow, the th- the the thread that goes through all these interviews that ties back to the same thing. It's like, I don't know how you can't listen to this podcast over and over again and realize if I'm not building relationships with people and solving a pain for them or fulfilling a desire for them, I ain't going to be in business, baby. I ain't going to be in business. <laughs> Very true. And it's about learning how to leverage on whatever vehicles or you said mediums out there in the fastest way possible. Because ultimately, we're still dealing with human beings here. Yep. Well, I think your, your comment on speed, what, I'm be, what I've personally been seeing is what's super valuable to people is their time, right? And in our attention spans, we're just used to, like you think of Amazon Prime, right? And it's just like, it's overtaking the world. And now if you don't get a package within a day or soon to be within a couple hours, you're going to be freaking out. Like, why would I ever use UPS or FedEx or whatever, right? If they can't get me my package within a within a day. But I think it's just uh, people value time. They value that speed. So it's almost tapping into the human value. So if you're not fast, if you're not nimble, if you're not adjusting, you're not fulfilling what the consumer wants. And you got to go with the consumer. Otherwise, you're going to be blockbuster. Blockbuster didn't want to do video. Yeah, man, they didn't want to do video online because there wasn't enough margin there. I mean, if you listen to a podcast, Business Wars, I mean, that's an incredible episode of just going, gosh, man, if you're not focused on the relationship and the consumer value, you're going to end up being the blockbuster. They had a chance to buy Netflix and they turned it down and they got out of the online video space literally because they didn't think there was enough margin there. And they thought, here's what their argument was. This was the bias, the confirmational bias. They thought people enjoyed going in to the video store and picking out the video. <laughs> it's the experience. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, so don't be telling yourself a lie. <clears throat> That's why I think it's so important that we are constantly in touch with our customers. Mm. Because our, our customers, yes, true. Steve Jobs says, right? Not all customers know what they want, right? That's why we right. have innovation. Yeah. But I think it, the last thing you want to do is to live in your own ivory tower and, and to live in confirmation bias. Yep. So the best thing to do is to always solve problems of your customers or to, you know, eliminate your own products. I always believe in that. Like I'm constantly thinking about, okay, I'm teaching this now. All right. What's the next thing that might replace what I'm teaching? Because that forces you to con- continue to innovate. That's yeah. great, man. Yeah, it's almost like looking at the counter arguments, always looking at the devil advocate in it. Yes. It's like, where, where does this fail? Where does this fall down? Where does it get better? You know, where, where does my product, you know, if someone were to beat me today and what we do, how would they do it? How would they do it? You know? My, my mentor once told me this. He said the, the, the clue to, the key to being successful is to be healthily dissatisfied. Because the day you become satisfied with your status quo, like you're happy with how you look, the money you make, 
or that's when you actually fall backwards. You know why? Because yeah. of law of entropy. Because what is law of entropy? Yeah. That means everything decays, right? So everything moves backwards. So if you don't move, you're actually moving backwards because you're following mm. entropy. But if you keep moving forward, then at least you're on constant or if you put in a lot more energy, you're accelerating. But if you don't move, you're actually not stationary. You're moving backwards. Mm. Dude, that's good. That's Shark great. Tank, if you watch Shark Tank, they talk about wanting to have like the paranoid entrepreneur. They want that paranoid entrepreneur. And if you're not paranoid enough, they don't want to invest in you. Because, uh, you know, that paranoia is that energy you're talking about. It's constantly looking over your shoulder. It's constantly going, hey, what's coming up behind me? What's, yes. what's in front of me? That paranoia. You feel that way too, Luke and Josh? Dude, I can't sleep. <laughs> I never sleep. <laughs> oh, you never sleep? <laughs> you look so good. I don't yeah, know. it's like I never sleep, dude. But it's like unbelievable. What a, what a great way to put it across, paranoia. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have a healthy paranoia, man. Healthy paranoia. But that's exactly it. Like every time I get a success, I'm like, but I want to be, I don't want just someone to be breathing down my neck. I want to have a big lead, you know, a big advantage. I don't want just one small mm. advantage. And yep. yeah, that's, I guess that's the word. But that's why you got to enjoy the process. Like you've got to learn to enjoy that paranoia. When I first got into leadership and, and, you know, guiding, you know, the company and all this stuff, it was kind of this idea of like, oh man, you almost hate that feeling. Like, it's almost like you're going to take a test. Like I used to explain it to my wife of going, you know that feeling right before you take a test in college where you just have like this sinking, like you're just anxious, all this stuff. It's like, you're, you're just wondering, am I prepared enough? Did I do enough? Did I, all these things. But actually I've gotten used to that feeling. It used to be where I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get rid of this feeling. Got to get rid of it. Now I just like, I live in that feeling 24 seven. Like I, I live in the feeling of I have a test tomorrow I have a test and it's just constant like every day it's going to be a test and you have to embrace that you have to learn to love that and if you don't then business is probably not for you it's probably it's not for eliminate you, you. yeah yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right Eric tell me man you know you know you've come on the show before and a question we like asking people is about their routines and I'm curious you know now it's been a couple years since you know we talked to you and, and if, yeah, it's crazy, man. And I'm just curious, like, what are the routines you have in your life going on right now? What, what are you implementing to drive success in your business and in your life? Seriously, I, I think this working from home thing uh, uh, has, has, has destroyed my social life. <laughs> I have a lot of followers now. I have very little friends. You think about <laughs> it, right? I, I mean, I'm, right now I'm in a studio, which is just like uh, 10 seconds away from my bedroom. <laughs> so so it's so much easier to be working and, and what, what's the time right now it's 8 39 and I, i'm after you i'll be doing a facebook live and i'll be doing an ig live so there is really no i think the work from home thing has blurred the line between work and social and play mm. so and even family right oh family maybe still a little bit easier because i'm living with my mom and dad so it makes it easier because i get to see them over meal times so it took a lot more effort Leo, this time around to to actually have a routine because my main routine right now is really just work. And, and uh, I'm sure you, it's the same thing for you as well, that people are struggling. They're struggling. There's a lot of uncertainty. And, and I mean, my market is the insurance market and a real estate market. And they are panicking, right? Because yep. many of them are so reliant on roadshows, door knocking, cold call referrals. And all of a sudden, they're all taken away from them. And now they, are, they, have, they still have families to feed. So actually, the last two months, I've been working actually double of what I'm doing right now because people are now open to listen to our messaging. 
So I, I can't rest. Like Luke, I need to go and help them. I need to show them what I'm just showing you right now, the process. And many of them have so many questions. Like now that they've seen the attraction-based business, but they have a lot of other questions. Like, okay, um, can you teach us the algorithm of Facebook? Or they'll ask like, um, but I do not know how to create content. What if I get criticism? Okay, now I got a lot of followers, but how do I convert that followers into customers? There is an extra step you need to take before you do that. So I'm spending the last two months solving the how with, with them. Mm. The, the community I'm, I'm in right now has tripled its size. Uh, and this is a community of insurance agents and real estate agents who wants to build an attraction-based business. So can you imagine in less than two months, that community tripled simply because the demand is there. And I, I just feel that Ooh. maybe that's also a reason why I can't rest because um, um, I really want to help them. And, and, and it's very scary. I mean, I have been, I've ever lived a life where I do not know where my next, next paycheck will come. Mm. And, and uh, it's just a very scary feeling. Man, I love that. I love that passion, man. I love that passion. And I'm like you, man. I, I call what it what it, it's work life integration. You know what I mean? It's not work life balance. You it's are work, coming out with a lot of nice it, words. It, it's like that. work life. Well, I got to give credit. I interviewed an HR person one time, and they used that when I asked them their philosophy on work life balance. They go, "I don't, I don't see it as work life balance. I see it as work life integration. Like everything just gets integrated together. They're not supposed to be separate. They're supposed to be integrated with each other." Jeff Bezos thinks that it's like it's a circle. It's all connected. He says, if you try to separate things, you're just going to ruin yourself. You're going to have, you know, days where it's good at home and days where it's, you know, bad and all those things. But if you try to integrate your life, you know, together, that's the way you got to think about it. So, dude, I love it, man. Eric, you're a beast. That's awesome. You are a beast. Eric, yeah, this is great. Thanks for being here. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you. Well, the best place uh, to keep in touch with me would be Instagram. So uh, you can reach me at Eric Goals Global. And if you do DM me, please let me know that you guys heard me from Stay Paid Podcast so that at least, you know, I know what, where our conversation left off and we can continue our conversation. Love that. Now, you, you, you mentioned uh, uh, when we were talking to you earlier, you have a system for insurance agents. Do you have anything to kind of, is there a link or anything that people can go to? Okay. Well, I, I am running web, a lot of educational webinars right now. It's free of charge where I go into detail, just 60 minutes. I will walk you through the steps on how you turn a skeptical stranger into a raving fan. A mm. raving fan who pays you not just money, but loyalty. And I'll give you case studies. I would even be able to tell you how much is one follower worth to you. So for example, uh, one of my students, he's an insurance agent, very new in the business. He has 616 followers on Instagram. And there is a middle step. You can't sell to your followers. You can only sell to your community. So you have to take your followers outside the social media platform because you don't want to be at the mercy of the social media platform. So he has about 80, uh, 86 of them in his community. And that's where the sales happens. And uh, he secured six deals and each deal brings in about $1,200. So that's $7,200. So if you 7200 divided by 616, it's $12 because I memorized that. So it's that's not because awesome. my math is good. <laughs> so think about it. Now Sam knows that every follower he brings in is $12. Now he has a lot of options. He can run ads. He can do collaboration. He can spend money knowing that every follower brings you $12 every month. So if you guys are interested, I can walk you through that system. It's an attraction-based business that not only help you get customers, but once you finish going through that process, you will also build a personal brand for yourself. Your prospects will know you, like you, and respect you. And I have one webinar for insurance, one webinar for real estate, simply because the case studies will be different. I'll send you guys the link. That's awesome. awesome. So 
That's awesome. We will include that link in the show notes of this podcast. So you have to make sure to visit staypaidpodcast.com to get the show notes and to see the video. And look, if you're looking for ways to support the show, this is free. This is something that we want to bring. Luke and I want to bring to uh, all of you guys to hear people like Eric, what he's coaching people across the world folks. So if you're listening to Eric right now, listen to these steps that he laid out for you and taking action on that right now. We just ask for two things. Head on over to iTunes, shoot us a review, leave us a, leave us a, a comment as well, and then tell a friend about the podcast to share it on your social media. So we that really helps us spread the word and helps us reach our goal of getting number one on the yeah. iTunes podcast can chart can I this year. Can I add something, yes. uh, Josh? I believe in, you know, this word called currency. Currency means money, right? Yeah. But what's currency? Currency is a flow. So if you guys watching this, listening to this, you're not willing to give right, to Josh and to Luke by a comment, then guess what? Your customers will not give you the referral that you want because you get whatever you give. Mm-hmm. When you start the process of giving, like giving a compliment, giving a review, sharing your friend, you have just created that space where people in your world will do the same thing for you. Money flows. Any, anything that stays still dies. When blood stays still, we get a heart attack. When water stays still, it gets stagnant. You know, it becomes dirty water. That's when people get dengue. When money stays still, that's when money devalues. When your generosity stays still, you will not get generosity as well. So I'm mm-hmm. saying that don't do this just to support the show. Do this for yourself. Do it so that people do it back to you. Eric, I love your mindset. Man. Yeah, We're going to have you back on multiple I've heard. That's <laughs> Flow. That's awesome. That well, again, awesome. thank you for listening. And if you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com and you can find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acri. And here's your action item from this. I mean, this is such an incredible interview and it really just gives you the keys to the kingdom of success. I think the hack that you can implement right away to start acting on the principles that Eric is teaching is this idea of your friend list on Facebook. Because that is so powerful. If you go in and you look at your 500 friends, your 1,000 friends, and go, who are my core actual friends here? Make a friend list on your Facebook and then do what Eric is saying. Don't just make the friend list. Then start going to that friend list every single day, looking at that feed and going, what's going on in these people's lives? And start engaging. Did they get married? Did they go on vacation? Do they have something going on with their work? Whatever it is, start engaging with that and watch how in that and building just a relationship based upon each other's lives, all of a sudden the currency, as Eric says, will start flowing into your business through referrals and through purchases from that group of people. Remember this, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry that Josh and I have worked in is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 